Welcome to the Southwest Apostolic Church podcast. Southwest Apostolic Church is located at 3161 South Rowena Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46241. Phone number 317-227-0182. Give us a call if we can help you. Our services are Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Sunday evening, 7 o'clock. Tuesday evening, we have prayer meeting at 7.30. And Wednesday evening, we have Bible class at 7.30. Our webpage, www.southwest-apostolic.com. You can find us on the web there. And you're welcome to any of the services. Uh, Our podcast will contain preaching from the pastor and other preachers. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. God bless. Book of Acts, third chapter. And we're talking about the walk of the believer. Now, this is my feeling, and I believe believe it's the most important thing. There's something in the Bible called the law of first mention. Now, I'm not a scholar by any means, but I do know about it and have read about it. When something is mentioned for the very first time, the first instance, the first time, it usually means something, and it carries on through. Example would be where Adam and Eve, the Lord uh, made, took, killed the animal and took skins and covered them. Something shed its blood. Something died that Adam and Eve might be covered, okay? So how many knows that goes all the way through the Bible, through animal, the sacrifices all the way up to Jesus Christ. He died that we might be covered. Amen. All right. So now we're going to look at the book of Acts, the third chapter, the first verse. And Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. So here was a man who could not walk. Matter of fact, the Bible says they carried him, they carried him daily. He was lame from his mother's womb, and they carried him and laid him daily at the gate of the temple, the beautiful gate. So here he was, right at this gate, which was called beautiful, and he couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. Every day, they carried him there. He wasn't allowed to go in the temple. He was crippled. He was not... So he didn't have fellowship with God. He didn't have ability to walk. He couldn't go to work like everybody else. He couldn't function like everybody else. He couldn't do everything everybody else did. All he could do was go sit at the temple gate and beg. This is all he could do. Now, remember what I said about the first mention. This is the first miracle. This is the first apostolic miracle. Not the first miracle in the Bible, but it's the first miracle after the day of Pentecost. The first miracle after the church was started. And the first miracle we read about after the church was started on the day of Pentecost was the ability given to a lame man to be able to walk. You see? And that's what God does when he gets... When, when you get in church, I mean, you're ready for heaven, but there's a lot more to it than that. It's about living for God. It's about having a better life. Amen. It's about being empowered to overcome. Praise God. Being empowered to walk and be able to be delivered. Praise God. 
and walk in the light and be what God wants you to be and enjoy life. I believe God wants us to enjoy living. Come on, somebody. God wants us to enjoy living. But we have problems. And this man, whatever his life existed of, it wasn't much, doesn't sound like. And Peter and John came up to the temple and asked in alms. Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, look on us. You know, that's what we need to do as a church. We, we don't need, it doesn't look like Peter and John were ashamed. They weren't ashamed. They said, hey, look me. He was asking for money, but Peter knew they had something better to offer. And I'm glad the church has something better to offer. Amen. We give it, we, you know, we give somebody needs money or something, or we give somebody a hamburger or buy them something to eat or whatever we do. But how many knows it's more than just a hand out? God can give you a hand up. Praise the Lord. Amen. God gives you a hand up, not just a hand out, but he gives you a hand up because Peter said, look on us. And I preached about this the other night. Man turned and looked at him. I don't know what would happen if he didn't pay attention to him. But he turned and looked at him. Peter reached down, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so Peter reached down, grabbed him by the right hand, and lifted. And when he lifted and pulled, and that man had faith to try to stand up. You know, people got to have faith in God. If you want God to help you, you got to have faith that God's going to help you. Amen. you got to at least put a little effort into it. Praise God. You know, that man, he might not have, he might, he, he never walked, sound like. So he didn't know, but there's something that sprung up in him that kind of, surely when Peter pulled on him, there was something in him that responded. And we need to respond to the word of God. Amen. We need to respond. People need to respond to the gospel. Praise the Lord. When God sticks his hand out and tries to grab a hold of them and he tries to pull them and lift them up, they need to respond and try to at least stand up. Praise the Lord. At least try to do what God's trying to get them to do. So the Bible says that immediately the man's ankle bones receive strength. Immediately his ankle bones Receive strength. And immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Now listen. And he leaping up stood. He walked. And he entered with them into the temple. He was walking and leaping and praising God. What a change. Amen. What a change. Man, he couldn't function. He couldn't do anything. All he could do was sit there and hope somebody gave him a dollar. Praise the Lord. But God worked in his life and he received strength in his ankle bones. He was able to stand up. He was able to walk. He was able to go into the temple and have fellowship with God when he didn't have it before. And a matter of fact, he wasn't just walking, but he was leaping and jumping and praising God. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do. For people, praise the Lord. 
I, they, they're, they're down and held down by uh, addictions and held down by problems, held down by oppression, held down by life. But Jesus wants to come along and says, so I don't, it's not about money, but I do have something to offer in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God wants you to rise up and walk. Hallelujah. Have fellowship with God. Walk, leap, and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that is the most important miracle, you see. Remember I said the first thing, the first mention? The first miracle was empowering a man to walk. That is the greatest miracle of all. That is... You know, in the, in the church you go around and you hear about miracle signs and wonders, you know. Somebody might get healed here. Somebody might get this going on there. That's okay. And God can do all that and he does do all that. But the greatest miracle of all was he reached down below the barrel and got a hold of me. Praise God. Praise God. Can anybody else say that tonight? The greatest miracle that happened in your life when God... Changed your life. Filled you with the Holy Ghost. Washed away your sins. You got baptized. You repented of your sins. You got baptized. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. And the things you used to do, you don't do no more. Things you used to say, you don't say no more. The places you used to go, you don't go anymore. You're walking and talking with the Lord and your life is totally better. Praise the Lord. I think you ought to give the Lord a hand clap for that tonight. Hallelujah. You see, so the Bible, the Bible tells us how to walk, see. It tells us that the Lord can empower somebody to walk. And we know that the, the people saw him. They knew. You see, you, life becomes, your life becomes a witness to somebody else. When God empowers you to walk with Him, and you have a walk with Him, people know who you used to be. They used to talk about me all the time, they tell me. Because I was a wild man. You know, you've heard the stories I've told you. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's the way I was. And uh, when I got saved, I started walking different. I said, I started walking different. I cleaned up. Somebody say man. I got cleaned up, shaved up, brushed my teeth, praise the Lord, took a shower. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Start tucking my shirt in. I never tucked my shirt in. I'd never, I'd get up in the morning, go to work, probably still had my uniform on from the night before. Ain't nobody can relate to that, I don't guess. Still had my uniform on from the night before. Probably drunk some beer, laid down, and went to sleep. Got up, still had my uniform on. Get up in the morning, do something with my hair. I might brush my teeth. I might not. Might take a shower. Might not. Smoke some. Smoke me a doobie on the way to work. Now I'm gonna tell you something. We don't think about it, but I had to have bad breath. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know. You drink all night, lay down and go to sleep, get up, don't brush your teeth, and then start smoking cigarettes and smoke marijuana on the way to work and drink coffee probably. That sounds like a bad combination to me, don't you? But see, God gets a hold of you. He cleans you up. He changes your walk. Amen. 
You don't walk like you used to walk. You don't talk like you used to talk. You don't do the things you used to do. And there's something about the grace of God, the graciousness of God is imparted in your life. It changes your walk. It changes your mannerisms. Changes your vocabulary. Does it not? Changes your attitude. It changes your disposition when you walk with God. When he empowers you, when you've been empowered by the gospel to walk with him, it changes your life. Colors look different, they say, people's got the Holy Ghost. Said the trees look different after I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Things were more beautiful after I got the Holy Ghost. Brother Paul used to talk about his dad walked to work. And he had a car. He was a young man, and he let his dad walk to work. He didn't think enough. You know, how many of those young people don't think like they should? They don't think like they should. And he had a car and his dad would walk to work. But he said after he got the Holy Ghost, he said, you're not walking to work no more, Dad. I'm going to take you to work. I got a car and I can take you. You see, the Holy Ghost and God, the gospel and the things of God will change people. That's what it's all about. It's all about empowering people to walk and not only just walk and do what they want to do and be what they want to be, but be empowered to walk with God and be what God would have people be. That's what it's all about. And that is the most important thing. Brother Means used to say it like this. There ain't no sense talking about going to heaven if you're living in the basement. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> There ain't no sense singing and talking about going to heaven if you're living in the basement. Because God's people, he doesn't call us to live in the basement. Are you with me? He calls us to be, he calls us to be a light, praise God. Matter of fact, it goes like this. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. That's what it's all about. We are to reflect the virtue of God and the glory of God and the power of God. Praise the Lord. And God wants people that are walking with Him. Praise God. And living for Him and empowered to be what He wants you to be. And I can't overemphasize it. To be what, you know, I believe people want to do better, don't you? Now I know you got somebody ain't got no sense. They don't know. But for the most part, I would say people want to do better. They just don't know how to do better sometimes. But I think our job is to say, hey, Jesus can help you. And Jesus wants to walk with you. And Jesus wants you to walk with him. Praise God. He may, you don't have to be a cripple, praise the Lord, spiritually speaking. But you can be empowered. Do you know I thought of this today? Every normal human alive. This is, this is uh, profound. Every human alive that's normal walks. Shazam. Everybody that's normal and functioning properly walks. We don't crawl. Now, if you're a baby... If you're, you know, if you're still crawling at 50, there's a problem. Isn't that right? 
And there are certain situations people have problems and there's physical uh, challenges and sometimes things happen and, and there, somebody might not be everything they should be in the natural. But it don't have to be that way in the spiritual, I don't believe. I don't believe you have to be crippled spiritually. I believe God wants to help you. I believe God wants to bless you. I believe God wants to empower you. I believe God wants to free up your spirit, praise the Lord, that you can walk with him and have a relationship with him. This didn't go nothing like I thought it was going to. But that's what it's all about. That's what we have to offer. See? You know, people look to the church for money. Sometimes you get a call. I get calls. I have the church phone forwarded to my phone. And, yeah, is this the church? I say, yeah. And uh, they say, well, I'm calling. Do you guys help out with light bills? I say, well, not right now or whatever the answer is. I don't remember. You know, or then they look to the church. They're like the lame man. They're holding their cup up. They can't walk. And all they can do is hold their cup up. And they look to the church for money. And, you know, I'm not above helping somebody out. We've helped people pay rent and everything else. But I'm not saying that. But I'm going to tell you something. The gospel is more than just helping somebody with their rent. Amen. It's more than just helping somebody get a bicycle. It's more than just helping somebody get a sandwich. Amen. It, it, it goes way beyond that. We go down there on 10th Street on Sundays and we have a little chapel service and we have a little something to eat afterwards. And we have a clothes pantry and we give out food and we give out clothes. But I tell them, I say, I've got an ulterior motive. I'm not here just to give you a sandwich and I'm not here just to open that clothes pantry up. I'm here to let you know about Jesus. Amen. I'm here to let you know you don't have to be an alcoholic. Praise the Lord. You don't have to live on the street. Praise the Anybody believe that tonight? I believe it with all my heart. If somebody would turn their heart, look unto Jesus, he'll lift them up and empower them and they don't have to live on the street and they don't have to live under the bridge and they don't have to be spiritually crippled and they don't have to be in a bad state of life. They can be in a position to walk with God. Amen. I believe that. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't go down there. Praise the Lord. But I believe God can help anybody who wants to be helped, don't you? Amen. You know, and it is sad. Sometimes the power of the devil is so strong, people don't even realize they need help. And it's so strong, praise God. But God is interested in us walking with him, praise the Lord. The First Thessalonians 4 Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. Now listen, it doesn't stop there. That's not the end of the sentence. That'd be a good place to stop, I guess. That you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. That sounds like good advice. But it don't stop there. Do we know what the rest of it says? So ye would abound more and more. 
When we talk about getting in church and we talk about living for God, it's not about just having rules and having a lifestyle and all that's important and we need all of it. We do try to have it, praise the Lord. But the whole idea is the reason we have a class over there with 10 kids over there is that somehow, some way, amen, Brother Danny, they would make up their mind to live and walk with God. And if God, if they walk with God and God walks with them, they are on their way up. Praise the Lord. They are going to abound more and more. Hallelujah. God is going to bless them and bless their children and bless their families. Hallelujah. And they'll be ready not only to make heaven, but they can walk with God on the on this terra firma we live on right now. Because walking with God right now, you know, we have to live in the now. We can talk about walking up streets of gold, but we're not on streets of gold yet. We're still on the, you know, the, the Old Testament tabernacle, I've said it before, with all the gold and all the beautiful skins and all the curtains and all the candlesticks and all everything was still on the dirt. <laughs> they were still walking on the dirt. And we're still walking on the dirt. We're not walking on streets of gold yet. We're still walking on the dirt. But I'm going to tell you something. We can walk on the dirt. Hallelujah. We can walk in a dirty, filthy world and still please God and still walk with God and still be what God wants us to be. Amen. And still be blessed. Hallelujah. Still be what God wants us to be. Amen. 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 So we walk with God because how many knows when we walk we talk about go, depart, proceed and figuratively it's our manner of life. Our manner of life has changed when you walk with God. So and how many knows in 2022 I guess it is People need to see you walking with God, not just talking about walking with God. Somebody said talk is cheap. The airwaves are full of fake, phony television preachers. They get on the television, they get on the radio, and they talk about living for God. They talk about the gospel. They preach about Christ and got two or three women on the side. Come on, somebody. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Happens all the time. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody that's really walking with God. Don't you really want to walk with God? Amen. You don't want to just talk the talk. You really want to walk the walk. That's what it's all about. It's not about talking the talk. I said it's not. Now we should talk about Jesus and witness for Jesus and tell people what God can do for them and all those things. But you know, empty talk doesn't mean anything to anybody. The world is so full of empty, vain talk. Matter of fact, people don't even pay attention to it anymore. There's so many voices People have television on, don't even pay attention to it. They're not paying attention. I mean, it could be, they could be cussing a storm, nobody's paying attention to it. Because there's so many, so much babble and so many voices and so much talk going on. But God's not interested necessarily in just our talk. God's interested in our walk. Amen. 
Are you walking like a Christian, not just talking about one? Praise the Lord. Are you living like a Christian? Are you living like a child of God? Are you really walking with God? Praise the Lord. That's what really matters. And God's people are. Aren't you glad to go to church where people are trying to live for God? Amen. I don't think we're surrounded by a bunch of hypocrites here. I believe we got a good little church and people are trying to be saved. You know, somebody said, I can't go to that church. There's too many hypocrites. Pastor said, well, come on over. One more ain't going to hurt nothing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a group of people that really love God. And we're not perfect. We make mistakes. But we're still trying to walk with God. Amen. We're still trying to make it. We're still trying to help somebody. We're still trying to be a blessing to somebody. Praise the Lord. So, it's like my old friend Anthony said, sometimes what you're doing is talking so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. And how many of you grew up with parents would be smoking a cigarette telling you not to smoke? <laughs> and how many know we, we live in a world it's where it's not do as I do, it's do as I say. But that, that's not what's going to help anybody. Now, I'm going to tell you something. An alcoholic could be sitting in the tavern and know about God, and he could tell another guy sitting next to him not to drink, and he'd be telling him right. Okay, but it doesn't have near the effect of him sitting there drinking with him. Right? Amen. <laughs> but he said, walk. First John 2 and 6, I'll quit in a minute. says, he that saith... He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The way he walked, that's the way we're supposed to walk. He never lied, never stole, never cheated, never popped no pills, never didn't do anything he shouldn't have done. And... John tells us that we should walk even as he walked. I got to quit. It goes, I didn't even get into this hardly. But I was going to just say real quickly that the Bible, if, it, we, if, if we are to walk with God and we can walk with God, what does that mean? How do we walk? Where do we walk? What do we do? Well, how many knows the Bible tells you that? Example, 2 Corinthians. Therefore, we are always confident knowing this, while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. How many knows when you walk with God, a lot of times you've got to walk by faith. It's all a walk by faith. Amen. Matter of fact, we're walking by faith tonight. We haven't seen heaven yet, but we're trying to get there. Amen. Amen. We haven't seen Jesus yet, but we're planning on doing it one of these days. So we're walking by faith. And when you walk with God... Things don't go good and things aren't everything you think they should be. You still have to walk by faith and say, I'm trusting God. Trusting God is the most important thing you could ever do. Because life is going to go sideways on you. Life's going to go way out whack, get way out of whack on you. I went come home the other night or the other day, I forget where I went. And I came home, and we got a little fire pit out in the backyard. 
and I got, well, we got six little chairs around there, and we had an umbrella. And uh, I walked around the backyard, and all my chairs were laying over on top of the fire pit, just piled up there. And the umbrella, my, my little table umbrella, had blew over and was between the grill and the deck and was all bent up. And I thought, what in the world happened? It hadn't rained? I don't know if a little mini cyclone came through there or what. But I came around the corner and everything was in disarray. And I had no idea how it happened. You ever felt that way in life? Everything's in, wait a minute, wait a minute. I left here, those chairs were a nice little circle, and my little umbrella was over here. Now I come home, I didn't see no wind, I didn't hear no thunder, I didn't hear no, see no lightning, I didn't do anything, and all of a sudden, everything's all tore up. That's the way it is in life sometimes. One day everything's fine, the next day it's not so fine. So the child of God has to walk by faith that doesn't believe Jesus knows what he's doing. Praise the Lord. I believe the Lord and I'm going to keep walking by faith. I don't understand. I don't quite understand why, how, or why for, but I trust God. Amen. I trust God. I said I trust God. I trust God. You have to have a trust. You have to walk with God by faith. You have to believe God and trust Him. Praise the Lord. Now this goes in Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, Paul says, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. How many knows the Bible calls us saints and we're supposed to walk like one? Come on somebody. I can't get around it. I'm not trying to get around it. I'm not trying to pound it. But I'm not trying to get around it either. Praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 That you would walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom, unto His kingdom and glory. we got a responsibility. You know, saying you live for God and walking with God, that's a big responsibility. And coming to church is a serious business. Coming to the altar and seeking God and praying with people. I'm going to tell you, this is all serious business. Hey, I said it's all serious business. And people come around and, and I don't know what, you know, you try to figure it out. and don't I don't know. I don't try to figure it out too much. I just leave it in God's hands. But I'm going to tell you something. God's in the business of empowering people and helping people and saving people. And that's what it's all about. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's not just about a social club. It's not just about some place to come and hang out. This is a place where God works in the lives of men and women. Amen. This is a place where the power of God is felt and should be felt. And we want to feel it. Because that is what God wants to do. Hallelujah. And that comes about by the people of God walking worthy of God. That comes about. You get a group of people walking with God. You get a group of families serving God. You're going to have the power of God. And they're going to be an influence to their neighbors and their friends. Let me hurry up here real quick. You see, therefore we're buried with him in baptism, by baptism unto death. Romans 6, 4. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead 
by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We don't cuss like we used to. We don't do what we used to. We're new. We are new. When Jesus saves you, when you are truly born again of the water and the Spirit, repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, and He fills you with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that you are a new creation in Christ. Amen. You are not the same old you anymore. So we walk in the newness of life. Okay. No condemnation of them which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh. We don't walk after the flesh, okay? Uh, study to be quiet. Do your own business to work with your own hands as we commanded you, Paul said, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, that you may have lack of nothing. Praise God. It goes on and on and on, and I'm going to quit. But I'm glad we have the opportunity to walk with God. I'm glad as believers, I'm glad as believers, we have been empowered to walk with him. And that's what he wants to do. Let me tell you this one little story. I probably told it before. It's not a story. It actually happened when we were at the mission and they, the gunshots were going off. And, and I stuck my head out the door and I saw the police running down the street. And... Uh, the next, and I looked. I walked over. I didn't have enough sense to stay in the building. I walked in, looked down the alley. I walked down the alley, and I looked down there, and there was a black man in the alley laying in the gravel. And the police were standing around. He had his face in the gravel. And it, 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 uh, it impressed me because his face, he was laying, you know, if you're laying in the gravel, most of the time you're going to try to hold your head up out of the gravel, right? Because, you know, that hurt. But I noticed his head was just buried in there like he didn't even care anymore. And I thought to myself, that is not the will of God for anybody. I, and I asked the fire department, I think it was the next day or so, I said, did, that, did they shoot that man? They said, yeah, they shot him in the leg. So he was shot laying there in the alley. You see, God don't want people just to be shot laying in the alley. God's not interested in people. I know men sin and men do wrong, but I want to tell you something. If it breaks, it ought to break our heart, and I believe it breaks God's heart when a man is laying down in the alley and has no hope because Jesus came that somebody might have hope, amen, and that the drug dealer might be a preacher of the gospel instead, amen. Praise the Lord, amen, that somebody that's a sinner might be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got to tell one more real quick. Brother Paul used to talk about the junk man. We lit, we, well, I'm from Brightwood, over 28th and Sherman, 25th and Sherman, Force Manor, 30th and Force Manor. And I can remember the old man, there's an old black man, would come down the alley. This is not the same one he was talking about, but I could relate to it because I remember when I was a little boy, there was a man who came down the alley and with a wagon and a donkey, and they would get the junk. They still do it. They just use pickup trucks. <laughs> you know, you want you got an old metal, something you want to get rid of, you just put it out on the curb. Somebody will die by, they'll get it because somebody's selling that scrap metal. I ain't mad at them. But he said, Brother Spall said he was the junk man and he just uh, went around collecting junk. 
But one day he went to an apostolic church and he heard the gospel. He heard a message about God blessing him and saving him and filling him with the Holy Ghost and he believed it. And he got saved, started going to church and the Brother Paul used to say, turn the page. Years later, some big conference in Chicago, Detroit, one of them, I can't remember. Big car pulls up. Somebody walks over, opens the door. Gentleman, nice dressed gentleman, steps out. Everybody's shaking his hand. Somebody said, who's that getting out of that car? Oh, that's Bishop so-and-so. Got one of the biggest churches in town, you know. But you know who he was? He used to be the junk man. I'm here to tell you, God don't want people just to be the junk man. And I'm not talking, it's nothing. If a guy's out trying to make a living, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. But what I'm saying is God empowers us to walk with him. He empowers us to excel and to abound, like Paul said. I want everybody to abound, don't you? We want these kids out here to hear the gospel so they might abound. So that they might abound. Now I'm going to read that one again and I'm going to quit. Furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God. Now listen, here's the, here's the exclamation point. So you would abound more and more. I'm going to tell you something. It pays to live for God. And it pays to walk with God. It pays to walk with God. Have a relationship with God. Give your life to him, his purpose, and let him walk with you and you walk with him. And I know for a fact it'll change your destiny. Let's stand. Praise God. It'll change. I would not be alive tonight. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart I wouldn't be here. If for some reason I didn't answer the call. But I'm so glad. I don't know why Jesus loved me, but I'm so glad he did. I don't know why he reached, why he reached into my life and moved that old barrel out of the way. Somebody said his hand reached further down than I could reach up. Can anybody relate to that tonight? Let's thank God for the ability to walk with him Jesus we love you tonight thank you Lord for the ability to walk with you and be a child of God we love you Lord we ask you to save and deliver touch those children every life here tonight speak into our hearts God we have a beautiful opportunity to walk with you and be blessed and be ready for heaven and live for you and be everything you want us to be in Jesus name hallelujah amen amen God bless you tonight shake hands Thanks for listening to the podcast of Southwest Apostolic Church. If we can help you, we will. Give us a call, 317-227-0182. Send us an email, swac3161 at gmail. If we can help you, we want to. God bless. Thanks for listening.